0: And then, and the this sort of Khomeini like mania goes on, and in, in, in on November twenty. Oh, mania. <laughs> Couldn't you just have said comania? Comania, this comania, yeah. comania is running wild. Comania
1: is <laughs> gonna run wild on you, brother. <laughs> this and, is Sunday, Sunday,
0: and, Sunday. Yes, and ironically, <laughs> that the, iron, the Iron the Sheik would be just it would be just as opposed to comania as he was to Hulkamania. <laughs> welcome to the trilateral troika this is steven again along with the other steve are you guys recording yes hi (laughs) (laughs) and ryan
2: hang on a second i'm here hang on hang on hang on I got it. Hang on, Jesus Christ.
0: Well, what the hell was that?
1: What was that? What was that a bottle of
2: Moxie? My nail open a beer. I'm such a pussy. He
1: had to... It's not
0: like you're opening a bottle of Moxie. Oh Wait, was that God, like Jesus one of those God Guinness God. cans with the uh the little like The nitrogen peanut? bubble? Yeah, the yeah. nitrogen uh, the, 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 ra- the little rad plastic rad thing.
2: Uh no, actually it is uh this week it is Swamphead uh Morning Glow vanilla coffee flavored blonde ale. Shout yeah. out to Swamphead because it's delicious.
1: That's too many flavors for one beer for me. Yeah. Vanilla coffee? A little fucking bougie if I uh, don't. <laughs> I, I'm i not a big fan of uh, like mocha beers, you know, like rich tasting beers. You no, know, I'm
2: not either, but this one's really right at the same time. <clears throat> the, only kind,
1: the only kind I like is is uh, Guinness Draft or Guinness Extra Stout from the Tap. Have you ever had Extra Stout from the Tap? Yeah. Sick. I had it in Ireland, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's different there, right? Like, it's, it's just a it's, different taste.
2: It's not... Like, most places here in the States will serve you a Guinness, and it's, like, cool. Maybe not, like, cold, but it's, you know, cool. Over there, yeah. you get a Guinness. It's almost room temperature, and it's just... It tastes different. Right. I can't really describe it, but it. it yeah, it's my better.
1: brother said that. He gave me... If I want to try it, my brother got me one of those little, like, uh, rocks that has, a, like, a drop of Guinness inside of it, deep inside of it, so I could sawzall that open and take a sip. It's it what? They give you these like things where you can take home a drop of Guinness from St James Gate. So they put them inside these little plastic like like uh, they almost look like I don't know, it's just like a little like glass display piece that you can put on the counter and say that's so, a drop of Guinness
2: I mean, Guinness so from St James Gate. And inside this rock you, is a drop of Guinness. It's it's glass. It's
0: you, like glass. You made it you made it sound like it was some sort of like far right like it is. Like Aryan, like <laughs> I like the, the tears of a giant from a meteor or whatever.
1: No, it it is. It's just a it's a <laughs> drop of I Guinness thought. from Saint dude, I'm romantic. It's a drop of Guinness from Saint James Gate that I can just have on the table.
2: The drop of Guinness yeah. doesn't do anything but just piss me off. If
1: it's just I, dro- I like it, I, I think guess. it's it's got some he, good sentiment to it, you know. He, it's like I just I recently kick started uh, sets of dice. They're they're angel and demon dice. One of them is filled with graveyard dirt. And the other one's filled with crossroads dirt.
2: But see, that's cool.
1: See? So you think crossroads and graveyard dirt's cool, but a drop of fucking Guinness from St. James Gate. That's yes, bullshit. It's a drop. It's one, it's a, yeah, one it's stupid like, drop. One itty bitty drop. You know what I think, guys? I think you're alcoholics. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're just gonna be that, that ice cream tester guy where you're just gonna like you're just gonna lick that little bit of Guinness. You're just gonna be like two hundred thousand flavors. Yeah.
1: Listen, I'm not a damn alcoholic. The okay? troubles.
2: This isn't my second beer I just opened.
1: <laughs> God. Did you just open another beer? <laughs> Why'd you chug it while I was rambling?
0: You've you've literally opened two beers within within a span of like three minutes. Yes. three
2: and a half oh. minutes. Listen, one I had to chug to get ready for this.
0: <laughs> to quote Angela's ashes,
1: you have the Irish thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so speaking so, of irish people
2: yeah let's, let's
1: talk about the most Irish <laughs> the
0: shah the shah of iran when we last Muhammad left our gang. At Pallavi, um, so when we last the, left, the tldr
2: the tldr up to now
0: so last time we had left off was that Mossadegh, the prime minister of iran had nationalized the iranian oil industry and was coming to blows with the united kingdom and uh the united kingdom was was really looking upon this um disfavorably and they wanted to deal with this as it was going on and it's also causing you know a lot of internal problems in iran Um, there's a lot of economic issues due to the fact that the british have instituted a complete boycott on selling to iran and Hmm. foreign oil industries have also sort of boxed iran out of the oil market what
1: specifically were they upset about
0: well, the idea is is that if Iran can nationalize their oil industry, what's to stop any other country that has an oil industry from nationalizing? It's
3: good uh, to see the problems go. Uh,
0: meaning that you know they can they can sort of force out these these European or American corporations and and take over the oil for themselves. Still failing to see the issue. Let <laughs> 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 these motherfuckers uh, have what's rightfully theirs. It's Let's continue. And. In October of 1952, uh, Mossadegh declares that the UK is an enemy power and cuts diplomatic ties with Great Britain. Um, the the British had relied on oil for the Royal Navy, and so they appealed for the US to step in, uh, mostly because the UK is unable. We can't move really our boats. <laughs> is is unable to really deal with this in the aftermath of World War Two. This is quite a kerfuffle we have here.
2: Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: Um, and in 1953, um, Dwight D. Eisenhower becomes president of the United States, um, and his administration is courted by the newly instated um, conservative government in Great Britain, that of Winston Churchill. And he, he petitions Eisenhower to remove Mossadegh from power. He argues that Mossadegh would rely on the, the Tudeh Party, which is the, the Communist Party of Iran, um, to remain in power. And that this would be essentially a backdoor for the Soviet Union to take control of Iran. What's your problem with Winston Churchill?
2: <laughs> We're gonna have a whole episode on him, so there you go. Oops.
0: And oh, all right, we'll in, do that. And contrary to what you might hear, um, a lot of people when they sort of talk about the overthrow of Mossadegh, they they sort of portray it as the United States, you know, wanting to take over. But the U.S. wasn't largely involved in Iran. It had mostly been a, a British-dominated sector of the Middle East. Uh, most American interests were in Saudi Arabia. Um, but there was a fear among American oil corporations that if Iran was able to nationalize their oil industry, that a flood of cheap oil onto the market could cause you know, oil prices to drop and then the profits of American corporations.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's pretty much that's that sums up the whole thing right there.
0: And in March of 1953, um, John Foster Dulles of the of the airport fame, um, who is the secretary of state at the time, he directs the CIA, which is actually headed by his brother, Alan Dulles, um, to overthrow Mossadegh.
1: Hmm. Alan, Alan Dulles. And yeah, in, that, that's right. He was the director of the CIA, right? yeah, yeah okay. um,
0: on April 4th 1953 1 million dollars are earmarked for any way that could bring down Mossadegh and the CIA station in Tehran would begin a propaganda campaign against Mossadegh um, they, they named this Operation Operation Ajax and it is headed by Kermit Roosevelt who is the grandson of Teddy Roosevelt he's actually Kermit Roosevelt Jr his father was Kermit Roosevelt Sr <laughs> You know, I, I have a big problem with Moosey Deg. <laughs>
1: he's he's a terrible person. Uh, I am my Kermit Roosevelt Sr. Um. <laughs> he slandered Piggy. <laughs> she Give needs oil for her mascara
0: products.
2: Give me all your oil before I start using oil that I'm going to get for Miss Piggy.
0: <laughs> the... The desired end goal of Operation Ajax was for the Shah <laughs> Good, sorry. to dismiss Mossadegh by decree. Um but the Shah as we've talked about before, you know, he's very insecure. Um he doesn't really want to act on his own. He he's afraid of this. Um, okay. He's mostly afraid that a, a popular uprise against him will result if he goes against Mossadegh. Hmm. The The CIA would convince him over time by funding meetings and bribing his sister um ashraf um to convince him to to sort of support the coup you remember ashraf is his twin sister that's right she had been kicked out as we talked about in the previous episode she had been kicked out of iran by Mossadegh. she had sort of been a mover and shaker in conservative politics in iran um and she just goes to europe where she mostly lives like her brother does when he's in europe which is you know she goes to nightclubs and casinos Um, but the CIA are able to buy her off with a mink coat and a packet of cash. Mm -hmm. I thought you
1: were going to say like a packet of Kent
0: 3100s or something. (laughs) She's not from East Philadelphia. (laughs) East Philadelphia. (laughs) Got him. You did. And it's kind of believed that the Shah might not have worked with the coup if his sister hadn't convinced him to support it. And the sister is kind of, like, she's always, like, browbeating him. Like, she'll publicly insult his manhood and, like, just just sort of, like, go after him for not being man enough. So shitty she... She's older sister. She really just, like, forces him to support it.
2: What a really shitty person.
0: Uh, when... When the coup first gets attempted, <laughs> um... Mohammad Reza, he, he flees to, to Rome with his current uh, current wife Soraya, who's his uh, second wife. Um, Does Rome while, just like let him in? Yeah, like because he's just a foreign leader, he just he just goes Italians there. Italians kind of have a, a- <laughs> it, It'll become a, a bigger problem later on, but right now, you know, he's he's a foreign head of states. So they just let him in, um, and he he mostly parties in nightclubs or, or visits his uh, mistresses. Um, and this, this coup attempt uh, fails um, because it requires the, the Shah to sort of institute these decrees called firmans. And in July 29th of 1933... German, dec- German decrees? No, royal decrees. Oh, because you said fermin. I said firmans. In, in, in Iranian and Persian, it's called a fermin. Oh, okay. A fermin. Yeah, it, it's like essentially F- a royal th- decree th- from the Shah. How do you spell Furmin? It's F I R M A N S. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. On what? I got it. That's
1: fine. He's okay.
2: legit. He's legit. It's not like Firman. It's not like that. <laughs> <A Fiermann.
0: laughs> it's Firman. his father instituted due to his love of uh, Hitler. He was a good leader. <laughs> he built he built Autobahn. <laughs>
1: You see, V2 rocket in sky. It's good. It's good that Iranians sound like Russian. Yeah, say this is this is very like stereotypical Russian. I don't know how to do an Iranian accent. Smear I feel like we're really hitting a brick wall for my imp- ability to do accents. Is it? It sounds like Australian, right? I, I, I yeah. Ran. Yeah. My friend. No, that's terrible. That's like. <laughs> That's like, uh, that's what's-his-name from, uh, from Indiana Jones and oh, yes, the what? Last Crusade. Indy, like Henry, follow me. I know the way. I'm I said no,
2: Camelton, like racist, and we'll just kind of lump all the Middle Easterners in together to the same kind of accent, because I don't know how to differentiate <clears throat> between them. You
1: know what's great? There's a, um, there's a series of YouTube videos. This is how I figure out how an accent sounds. There's a series of YouTube videos where people that are good at doing foreign accents, they, like, go through a series of videos, and, like, show you each each individual region. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. 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 On July 29th of 1953, <laughs> um, Ashraf comes back and and just sort of uh, browbeats her brother into returning to Iran and when you and say browbeat... The... Yeah. What do you mean? Like just sort of like yelling at him and like she publicly questions <laughs> his manhood and and just sort of like um, just, just essentially calls him a bitch and, <laughs> and gets him to return <laughs> to Iran. You have no
1: dick.
2: You're such a small little penis. Go back to Iran. Oh my god.
0: And on August 1st, 1953, uh, the Shah returns to Iran, and he secretly meets with Kermit Roosevelt. Um, Hello, welcome. Well. welcome, Mr. Shah. Welcome here, Mr. Shah. <laughs> Well, what Roosevelt does is he, he hides in a car. It's not going to
1: fucking stop, by the way. We're going to keep doing it every time you fucking say Kermit. So you might
0: as well just the, say Mr. Roosevelt. Yeah,
2: because we'll forget his first name Kermit within about 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he hides in a car and it drives into the Imperial Palace grounds. And in it he had it's a... Good seat. thing you said grounds.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh
2: my god. So oh, much man. endings in <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: meeting. it. right into the Imperial fucking palace. Fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> 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 hey,
2: what is that? <laughs> car coming at us, a high rate of speed. <laughs> oh, that's just the shot. Just chill. Uh, he's going to stop in the loop
0: outside. Um, no, he's coming straight from the grounds. But he, he sort of hides in the back seat, sneaks into the uh, into the palace. He meets with the Shah, and then he gives him $1 million in Iranian currency in a safe.
2: What? Mm. Friends like that? <laughs>
0: um, so, he, he convinces the Shah to come on. Um, during this time period, uh, mobs from Tuda, the Communist Party, allied to Mosaddegh, and pro-Shah mobs would clash in the streets. What about
2: um, um, the mob um, deep? <laughs>
1: um, th-
0: <laughs> Pro-Shah mob deeps?
2: <laughs> Did mob deep show up? Um, go ahead.
0: The... The Tudor were not really, like, loyal to Mosaddegh. They were mostly sort of helping him because they believed that they could eventually influence him to to join their party. Um, because the, the, the most party. of Mosaddegh's, like, base is collapsing at this point due to his, um, his, his sort of nationalizing of the oil industry causing the economy to collapse. Steve, explain the uh, Tudor party again. They are was, a basically. they are a communist party in Iran that was ah. mostly established by the Soviet Union, okay. Um, during the Soviet occupation of northern Iran during World War II, okay. What the CIA does during this period is um, they pretend to they hire people who pretend to be pro Mossadegh and Tudeau party members, and what they do is they sort of like rile up other other demonstrators or other groups and and sort of carry out violence and and sort of attack different no. institutions no. um in order to sow dissent
3: no the
1: cia
2: no i don't believe it I yeah think i mean how that's, dare that's, you disparage that's, 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 no. one of that's our greatest too, institutions that's too fantastic to believe bro there's absolutely no way that the are you sure
0: you agency... research this I'm, I'm sure I'm probably wrong, and I'd like to mention that this episode is brought to you by Amazon's uh, Jack Ryan. <laughs> Amazon's
1: Jack Ryan. I love it. I love the part in that when he finally gets together with Pam.
2: There's a part of me that really wants to be like, Alexa, tell me about the Armenian genocide just to hear Bezos be like, stay where you are.
1: Uh, just stay you? right stay right where you are. I'm gonna I'm gonna, just fr- I'm to gonna prime right for I got I'm I'm prime shipping some men in.
2: use uh. um, <laughs> your helicopter over your house.
0: <laughs> but one of but one of the the reasons why they do this as well is to sort of make the opponents of Mossadegh and the foreign press believe that Mossadegh himself is instituting these these sort of attacks on people. Because um, there's sort of this narrative that's being spun in the Western press that Mossadegh is becoming a dictator and that he is, you know, attacking his political opponents.
2: Now, let's go back for one second here. Um, Mossadegh is the prime minister. Yes. The Mohammad Reza is the Shah. Yes. Are they butting heads at this point or are they still kind of on the same side? Or is the they, Shah more of, like, the figurehead, kind of like the Queen is in England right now with the Prime Minister there, if that makes sense?
0: He he was, but that mostly had to do with the Shah being, you know, very um, reluctant to get involved in anything because he, he has no backbone.
2: Gotcha. Now, do and, they have – I remember him being a fucking coward. Um, do they have equal power, um, legitimate equal power, like equal claim stake legitimately?
0: Under under the constitution, uh, the Shah has a lot of power and Mossadegh has a lot of power, Um, but Mossadegh had been increasingly trying to reduce the power of the Shah. um, Ah, so he's
2: pulling a very Hitler-esque type deal. Okay, all right, that makes sense.
0: To to a degree, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. He's not. He he eventually becomes you know the head of government. He he sort of gains dictatorial powers, but it's not really like he doesn't do something where he becomes both. You know the, uh, essentially Chancellor like both both Lord chief executives, because okay. Okay. that's right. that's what Hitler does. Gotcha. Um, so uh, onto that, Mossadegh yeah, dissolves the the Majlis, which is the um, which is sort of the parliament of Iran. Um, during that time, through a public referendum that gave him 99% support. Um, that doesn't but, sound fucking corrupt at all. But it was. It, and and that's what a lot of the farm press sort of portrays it as because in order to cast your ballot, there were there were two separate polling stations. There was a yes polling station and a no polling station. But they like high so let me guess Z the no polling station.
2: Landmines all around it, huh? No, you had like to. One it person was, tried to go to the no polling station, got his no, leg blown off, and
1: everybody else was like, well, "You know what? No." It's, it's not what ha- it was. It was like a double dare kind of scenario. They had <laughs> various. You can reach up in the mouth with all the snot,
2: or the nose with all the yeah. snot, and find the flame. It out. was like,
1: I don't want to reach inside the gator's nose covered in green mucus to get it, my yes vote. It was yeah, like my the, vote is not that important. Fucking yeah. Mark Summers is there. I'm alive already, guys. Hi. In five, four. Oh, my OCD.
0: It's like that episode of Nathan for you where he has the free gas giveaway, but in order to get the free gas, they have to jump through all these different hoops like they have to get get past like an alligator and they have to go through increasingly like shrinking doors to get to the area where they can redeem the the rebate. We're from Florida. It's fantastic! So it, it wouldn't be
2: a problem, but uh, the increasingly shrink- shrinking doors—I'd be fucked by like.
1: Door- I'm not from Florida. I'm from New Jersey, and can, I've lived in Florida. I feel like I might be okay with being near one now. How long have you been in uh, Florida? Ten years. Almost. That's enough. That's enough. You could take a yeah. gator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think so? I don't know. Maybe they'll yeah, just I mean, like. Do I get like some kind of pheromone on me, and the gators just like, "How you doing?" <laughs>
2: After a while, you just stop being scared when you walk up to them, and they just kind of look at you like, "What's up?" That's
0: just not good. Like, oh, hi, Wayne. So, something. <laughs> he doesn't he look said, at you more like. He you said Gator, not Gaylor. <laughs> um, and, and during this during this period, the CIA begins drafting firmans for Muhammad Reza to issue to remove Mossadegh from power. They're literally uh, writing up like the the decrees they want him to issue. The most uh, useful true. governmental uh,
1: thing ever. Just ubiquitous. And the attacks? Furman. New milk? Furman. Oil? Furman. Tired of your dictator? Furman. Inviting uh, uh, Kermit to dinner? Furman. <laughs> Furman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the Americans and British as well, they decide that a general uh, Fazlullah uh, Zahidi would be installed as the prime minister. Um, he had been a general that they were they were sort of fond of. He seemed to be pro-Western, um, pro-Shah, and someone they could count on.
2: I could see really fast how tired I'm going to get of Americans and the British just deciding that they know what's best for everybody and instituting the people they want in power in other countries, that they have absolutely zero just right to be doing so, you know, literally well, interfering into other countries' You know, autonomy, but,
0: you know... You'll- You'll see yeah. how that goes in Iran. Um, but but this is like the one Probably big Lowe's instance of it. every other place they've tried it. Um, and, and then on August 15, 1953, um, the Shah demisses uh, Mos- Mosaddegh um, through a Furman, um, which Mosaddegh rejects because he says um, that... <coughs> You've got to be fucked up, bro. <laughs> he, he says that because the, the Majlis is uh, suspended, that under the Constitution the Shah cannot dismiss him. And he has the deliverer of the, the Furman, who's um, Nematollah uh, Nasiri, who is the head of the Imperial Guard, which is like the sort of the, the wing of the army that protects the Shah. He has him arrested um, because he says it's an illegal action. Hmm. Hmm. Um, on August 16th, um, Parliament was suspended indefinitely, and Mossadegh's uh, emergency powers are extended. Um, A a group of pro-Shah activists, mainly retired officers and elements of the military, um, attempt to overthrow Mossadegh, but they fail. Um, The Shah would flee Iran, um, and um, the Shah's supporters mostly uh, found this to be humiliating. Um, Like, they write in the paper about it, that when this happens, you know, Get your
2: sister to come bring you back, you coward!
0: When the coup fails, (laughs) he, he just sort of, like, turns tail and runs. (laughs) <laughs> look at this sissy ah, run away you little boy <laughs> um, but, but during this time period the two the dub party would turn on Mossadegh um, possibly due to the CIA plants that I mentioned earlier um, agitating individual cells um, to begin attacking businesses um, and edifices of the pa- uh, the Pallavi dynasty
3: mm-hmm.
0: so it's sort of destroying statues um, attacking businesses, like I said, and, and, just sort of other things like sort of structures of, of capitalism and, and sort of the Royal family in Iran. Okay. Um, on August 19th, 1953, um, pro-Shah partisans, um, bribed with a hundred thousand dollars in CIA funds, um, stormed the streets and attack, um, two-duh party members and other anti-Shah groups, um. Essentially, what had been done is that the CIA hired um, two of the biggest gangsters um, in southern Tehran, um, a guy named Icy Ramadan and Shaban. <laughs> I got nothing to say. I'm, I'm <laughs> not.
1: You know, Shaban to who
2: who is also known as Career. That's my rap name, Icy I, Ramadan.
1: I, I can't touch that because <laughs> Icy Ramadan's too, it's too cold. You get it? It's too icy. And um, shit. And they,
0: Another gangster named Shaban Jafari. Oh my god,
1: dude! We need to start Uh, this rap group.
0: Also, Icy Ramadan and
1: Shaban Jafari, also known as Brainless Shaban. Fucking shit, Brainless Shaban and Icy Ramadan. This is out of control. I feel a rhyme coming out just after (laughs) saying that. Like I feel like I need to get the next thing in there. Word is born. Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa! whoa, whoa. Don't you be dissing the woo.
2: All I'm saying is that uh, my boy I see wants to drop thirty-seven chambers.
1: Half our listeners have Wu Tang tattoos. Half. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I said, I, I heard my boy I see wants to drop thirty-seven chambers. So whatever, we'll see. Oh my god, damn it! God
0: damn it, Brian. Um, <laughs> and, and while after after the initial coup failed on the sixteenth um Sahedi had been in hiding and he was sort of moving around to different safe houses to evade arrest um right. but after these sort of mobs take over the streets um he's carried by them on their shoulders um into the streets um to to sort of assume power and then uh Sahedi is eventually given the remaining ajax funds about nine hundred thousand dollars for his trouble hmm Nine hundred thousand
1: dollars, Iranian Wait, dollars, like
0: today's money or then money? In in today's money,
1: okay. Wow, that's um, a lot of money. That would solve my problems. Yep, some of them. So, what? We know what, kind what of they say. Have
2: it nine hundred thousand dollars wouldn't solve the wall.
1: I got real problems, buddy. <laughs> Look up clearly. Look, all I'm going to no say money. is that most people have the Fitzgerald experience when it comes to wealth. They think wealth is going to solve all their problems, and they find out wealthy people just have worse problems.
2: No, see, that's the problem. That it's, it's a it's a like a like a false dichotomy. There, I think is the word I'm looking for. Where wealth will solve all your problems, however, it will also generate new problems. All my current problems that's a, could be that, solved if someone dropped hundred grand at my front doorstep. right
1: It's a catch twenty-two, or a pair, like a, a false dichotomy, is when you're only given two choices. Okay. So,
0: I, I believe as the the saying goes, mo' money, no mo
1: problems." <laughs> I I think one time I was hanging out with um, icy Icy Ramadan and Big Shamik, and uh, <laughs> and he said that, and I was like, "That's that's very poignant." Icy, he
0: just he, he just said, "True," yeah, true. I was like,
1: "True, true." I said I said it in no, that's Urdu. I don't know it. I'm not no, going to say, say. it. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say Tike, but that's not. That's like Indian. I don't know how to say huh. yes in Arabic. Do you know how to say yes in Arabic? I do not. Yes in Arabic. Let's look this shit up. I'll call. Let me call. I see Ramadan. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nem nem
0: nem nem. nem that like in wayne's world i'm sorry it's not in cantonese where he's just like zang (laughs) zang oh man on on august 20th 1953 uh surrenders to zahidi after evading mobs um these mobs had sort of like ransacked his house um they they had sort of been like on the hunt for him but, but he eventually surrenders um, August 22nd, 1953, the Shah returns from Rome and resumes control. Um, it, when, when the Shah was sort of informed that the the coup had been successful, um, he sort of attributes this to the people's love of him because he gets choked up and reportedly says, you know, that I knew they loved me. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, like, this is sort of like a running trend in the in, with the Shah is that he he believes you know that everybody in iran loves him and and he's sort of obsessed with his own like image of himself not really one that you know like people are building up for him but just sort of his internalized image of himself as sort of this you know like appointed by like like holy mandate like like ruler like mandate of god you know i am the ruler of iran and everybody loves me
1: Hmm, that sounds I really familiar. That. that sounds I need familiar. That. <laughs> Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like... I've heard other rulers say that, but I, I don't know. It's just blowing through my mind right now. <laughs> blowing through the 37 jammers. <laughs> 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 I have no...
0: 37 windy chambers. I have no Ooh, clue, I mean. <laughs> um, on December 21st, 1953... Um, mosedeg is sentenced to three years solitary confinement in a military prison um and then after those three years he's confined to house arrest um, what's the difference between
1: a military prison uh solitary and a regular prison it's
0: probably Uh, probably the same but it's a
2: military brig instead of a civilian jail so there's like it's functionally
0: the same like military prison is much worse than regular prison right not not that like regular prison is like a it's like a <coughs> block or anything but everything like, like,
1: everything's relative Sitting here like, but, Bitch.
0: <laughs> but like from the descriptions of like military prison it's like they they have to observe even less rights than they do in like a regular prison yeah, if they're yeah, if they're I've in a the war thing, zone man. if
2: you go to the brig in uh in the military you're you're fucked because it's not it's not good
0: it, it's, like, one of those things why, like, all those, like, far-right conspiracy theorists, like, the QAnon people have a hard-on for, like, a military tribunal. Because, like, a military tribunal is so much worse than a regular, like, court case. Mm. Um. So, Mosadek eventually um dies on march 5th 1967 sort of being confined to house arrest and he's eventually buried within his own house like they they sort of like they don't even remove his body from the house they they just sort of bury him under the house
2: did you say 57 or
0: 67
2: 67
0: 67 okay um and then uh general Zahidi, he's only prime minister from 1953 to 1955 um this mostly happens because um, Zahidi is very popular, and he's also popular with sort of foreign governments. And the Shah is worried that he would attempt to take power, very much like the Shah's father did, because mm. um, you remember uh, Reza Shah, he he sort of takes over after the British tell him to. Yeah, um, and then um, after this sort of begins the reign of of a, of a playboy king. What? Um, because playboy the, king. Yeah, the the Shaw sort of like takes him winning this this sort of like crisis to mean you know that like what his mother had been telling him you know that he is that he's chosen by God for great I'm things is true. I'm
1: the fucking
0: and he <laughs> just like he just goes off like the deep end in terms of like believing in his own legend. So he just goes full head up on ass. Yeah, um, okay. and, and sort of in I'm the Babe after, Ruth. in. The- <laughs> And in the aftermath, <laughs> um, he attempts to co-opt the National Front's popularity. Um, and he, The National Front? Like uh. like, like M- Mosaddegh's party. Oh, okay. Oh, man. And, and he, he does this by sort of making these reforms. Um, like, for instance, in 1954, there's a group of 12 professors who criticized the the 53 coup. And they all get fired by their universities, but the Shah has them reinstated as sort of saying like you know, like I'm not that bad, you know, these these guys, you know, they they attack me, but they can they can return to their their jobs. So he Um, he kind of did a good thing? Well, he he does it he does it to support himself because these people fire them for serving,
1: but I'm just saying.
0: And he begins to work with left wing intellectuals and technocrats. Asking them for sort of advice, and um, but in the long run, he doesn't really like elevate them to higher positions. He just sort of gives them lip service, where he asks them about like what he should do, Mm -hmm. and then he just sort of uses some of that. Did you just
1: say lib service?
0: You fucking libs. (laughs) Lip service.
1: Because they're libs, and he's giving them
2: lib service. Ignore him. He's trying to be funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But. Piggy, <laughs> I am my <a> Kermit Muhammad. <laughs> I support the uh, Shah. E- <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> the Rainbow, Rainbow Connection.
1: <laughs>
0: no Bumper. <laughs> the Shah.
1: He'll hey, kill you. my Sadeg.
2: <laughs> oh my God! I thought you were doing the Wayans Brothers. I thought you were Wayans. doing the Kermit version, the brothers. <laughs> I was oh, like,
1: what? <laughs> what! I am a fan. I am a fan of the Wayans. I am a fan of the Wayans. Um,
0: oh my god! And the the Shah during this period as well. He talks up about reforming Iran and sort of taking down reactionary or feudal elements in society. So he, what, what year was that? He
2: has good points. This what is, is in like that? the
0: early like the mid fifties, but a lot of it's just talk. So like. Rockabilly is going on
1: in the US and. Right?
0: I guess it would just be rock. Isn't, like, Rockabilly more just, like, taking that, like, early 50s, like. Rock and turning it.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Milkshake and diners, like, sort of aesthetic.
1: I'm into Psycho Billy more than Rockabilly, but anyway. Did you watch
0: Grease recently?
1: No, I'm just an old man. I am, I am, seriously like my. I got a friend who thinks I'm like an 80 year old man Because I'm like into weird shit Like I played bridge this week, I mean come on yeah, Have you
2: played Pinochle?
1: Uh, I haven't played Pinochle ever My mom is like a Pinochle master though Oh my god, I love she's, Pinochle She's Side sick note learns
2: how to play Pinochle my, mom, my mom would fuck you up in Pinochle <laughs> Bro, listen, that's like someone okay, <laughs> look, look. Side note, I learned how to play spades in the county jail And I learned how to play Pinochle in prison Dude, I, I played It's sp- hilarious when it's like, I got a black dude on my team who knows I know how to play, and we play against a team of somebody who's like, look at this white kid trying to play Spades, like he knows something.
1: <laughs> it's like oh, your Finding Forrester moment? Yeah. It's like, like bro, what? County. I'll, fuck him,
2: you. <laughs> I'll run a Boston on your ass real quick.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Spades is fun. I doubt Masadeg played Spades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had a lot of free time, though. He probably reached uh. out to people who played Spades, but he probably never. No, hospital. I do. I do not want to learn.
2: I've got three in the possible. What you got? What you got?
1: But the Shah released several um, key spades like champions
0: from
1: jail <laughs> in 1955. Um, I'm making
0: things the, up. Go ahead. The, the Shah, as well, would begin courting the Ulema, which is sort of the like body of Islamic scholars that that sort of dictate things on society. Um, it sort of in, in
1: the in Sanhedrin. Sort of
0: like, in the, in the Middle Ages and such, it, depending on the locality, the Ulema was usually like the courts or whatever. Um, they would sort of fulfill a role where you would, you would come to them and you would ask them about different parts of, like, scripture and law, and they would dictate on it. Um, and, and sort of to gain their approval, he would begin persecuting the Baha'i faith again. Um, the Baha'i faith is sort of this um, sort of pre- abrahamic religion that exists in iran still yeah there's still baha'i practitioners um they they're sort of their ability to participate in society is is very limited still obviously due to the the islamic republic um but there's still an extent religion um and the shah makes it illegal for them to congregate and in 1955 um the chief Baha'i temple in Tehran is raised by the government. Oh, interesting. And, and during this period as well, foreign journalists and diplomats criticize the Shah, and they're essentially saying that he's, like, giving too much power to the Ulema and running, letting them run wild. Hmm. And, and sort of the Ulema being a protected class um, will come back to sort of bite the Shah, which, which we'll go into. You know who's a okay. big,
1: uh, uh, or not big, but, like, a popular Baha'i, um follower um the guy that plays Dwight Schrute
0: Oh, he's Bahai? Yeah, really?
1: Yeah. Uh, Rain Rain Scott? Rain Wilson? Rain Rain, yeah, Rain, Wilson. Rain, Rain, Wilson. Rain, Wilson. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It it's one of those religions like Zoroastrianism.
1: It's a, It's actually a really interesting religion. It's very, very inclusive, and it celebrates like all religious experience or something.
0: Actually, to, to correct myself, I believe Baha'i's from like the 19th century, but still, it, it's one of those religions like Zikism, Sikhism. Sikhism, yeah, that'd be more accurate. Yep. Where it's a more like syncretic, like modern religion.
2: Mm-hmm. Sikhs are cool as shit I think some of the coolest yeah. people I've ever met in my life have been Sikh
0: I
1: hate when fucking some dickhead like, yeah. goes goes like anti-Muslim on a Sikh and you're just sitting there like do you know anything at oh all my yep.
2: God, I remember when the army allowed Sikhs, they, they gave him camo turbans, it was the coolest fucking thing and then so there cool. were this, this loud mush group of idiots these smooth brain morons who were just like you gonna give him a turban hur. I'm like bro, are you fucking retarded, like who cares what he wears on his fucking head? The man is still wearing the same colors.
1: Yeah, I don't see it's you shit. standing in a fucking battle zone with a fucking yeah. gun at your chest. I'm sorry, is your rascal still on the charger? Get the fuck,
2: get the fuck out of my face!
0: Come
2: on. That's how I feel I'll, too. I'll
0: have you. I'll have you know that he stands for the national anthem.
2: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Big deal. Um, but I'm but the Bahai battle the, line. I'm
2: gonna lay on my floor for the national anthem. How about that?
0: The The Bahai faith <laughs> oh, was founded in 1863. <laughs> So it 18, is. It is okay, a more yeah. modern religion. Yeah, um, because Zoroastrianism is generally um, protected in, in Shia Islam because it's sort of given the same sort of status as the, as the other Abrahamic religions. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, during during this period as well, the Shah would raise Iran's status by 1955, entering into what was called the Central Treaty Organization. Um, which was also called originally the the Baghdad Pact or the Middle East Treaty Organization. Um, it was the sort of defensive group that was composed of Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Turkey, and the United Kingdom. So it's something like NATO. Yeah, but but sort of for, for that. The Middle East. Yeah, for the Middle East, um, and it it eventually like c- collapses in 1979
2: what was did it have that's not eventually
1: serious? that's like a de- over a decade of being I mean, in... did it
2: have any reasons like did it
1: uh, when the Soviet iranian revolution
0: Russia. shoots off uh, and then, you know, like, the iran iraq war follows soon after and gotcha. right. like iran becomes a pariah state which everybody just sort of backs away from gotcha okay um in in 1957 um in, in a report the u.s state department praised the shah um, Say that he seemed to be becoming more mature and confident, um, and that he was able to act without constantly asking for advice.
1: Man, that is a
0: backhanded-ass
1: praise. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: You finally grew the fuck up,
1: bitch. So, like, short story, someone called me mature. Like, I said that <laughs> I was maturing when I was, like, 13, and I got sent to the principal's office because I picked him up and put him on a desk and was about to, like, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so I could imagine that the, the Shah is, like... Not happy about being called. He's a big boy now. They're probably wetting his pants. He is a big boy. The other day, he asked us some policy advice, but then he said, "No, no, I've got it."
0: No, no, I'm a big boy with policies He policies. They were probably just like another fucking question. Jesus Christ! <laughs> 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 Look, you carry the one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can see all his advisors' eyes rolling every single time. Maybe, like, oh, maybe guys, I, I, excuse me, maybe Shah, I we should need, become
1: shy. We should not oh. ask about... You know, we invented algebra. <sighs> Did we? Okay,
2: guys, guys, guys. Serious, serious <laughs> question. I need serious advice, guys, 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 guys. One ply or two?
0: <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, should I buy a tiger or a lion? This is important. I know the lion nah. is an emblem of our country, but... Should I get a tiger? They're they're very strong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: more like a, a du- That's like uh, just Dubai things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag just Level Dubai Gini things. Or, which, or Mazar- they got like which? Uh, they got like those like. Uh, uh, fuck! I can't think of the name of the place now. But anyway, Hobby Lobby things, you know, the Whoa. live, left, love, but it says live, love, largesse <laughs> Oh my god!
0: <laughs> what's what's that? You like that? What's that Instagram? I don't even know if it exists. I think they just use Instagram now. But there was like that Instagram for like the incredibly rich, that was popular oh, yeah. in like Dubai. But I, I it just it about. was like that. Questions is like r slash rich people Instagram questions. Oh my god um and in and in 1957 a very pivotal part of the story (laughs) is is founded which is the agency that's called savak um which is an acronym in persian that means the national organization for security and intelligence Uh uh-oh um and it is it is founded and trained with the help of the cia and the mossad um and uh Major General Herbert Norman Schwarzkopf, the father of Norman Schwarzkopf, the the Desert Storm famous general. Um, yep, yep, yep. he trains, Norman. He Storm trains Norman. most of the first generation of Savak agents. Um, really? Because, because uh, uh, Herman uh, Schwarzkopf very much like um, like our boy. Um, uh, what's his face? Um, Hermit Roosevelt. <laughs> No, Smedley Butler. Smedley Butler. Yeah, he he was also big in like the New Jersey Police Force. Like he he was a pivotal figure of the New Jersey State Police, and mm-hmm. he was also one of the people who was involved in the investigation of the Limburg baby disappearance.
1: Oh, Okay,
0: and, and,
1: Daniel, and he, we're, we're doing that episode by the way. We're doing and, that,
0: and he also oh, had
1: is that the Limburg baby. It's just about Limburg. We're doing the episode. Oh.
0: And okay, he. Yeah, he also had like a radio show where he talked about like fighting crime like the the. Uh... it was called remember. like crime busters like he <laughs> talked
2: about himself
0: fighting crime no just or like stories about, like... of like people busting crime and he was like it, he was like the host of it like unsolved mysteries but like people busting crimes oh, so he's like my, the great yeah.
2: grandfather of like the true crime broadcast
0: Because like apparently Norman Schwarzkopf when he was in military school, like when he was being hazed, they would force him to read his like father's radio shows. Wow. What what kinda what kind
1: of shitty raising? Is that like? That's read your dad's success, huh? <laughs> Why don't you sit read there and read your dad's success?
0: Read your dad's shitty radio shows from the 30s.
1: <laughs> Listen, Jeff Orwell, I want you to read 1984 to us while we cry.
2: Oh God, please no, uh, no more.
0: And Savak is like the um, don't the make secret me police, do it. Um, mm. and they would they would silence, jail, and murder the enemies of the Shah and the state. Um, you're saying and,
1: you're saying secret police in general, yes. right? Yeah.
0: Yes, they would yeah. they would disappear people. They would they would jail and imprison people, um, and they would surveil people, mm-hmm. um, and they would effectively cripple any left wing political movements in Iran, and cause dissenters to seek refuge in the Aleba, Um, because sort of all the avenues of dissent within the left wing had been sort of like crippled or destroyed by Savak. Um, the true power of resistance lied within sort of the Ulema, within the uh, theocratic community, um, which is very similar um, to what would happen in communist countries like Poland, where in Poland, the Roman Catholic Church became like the primary center of like anti-government um, sort of agitation and demonstration because the church was a protected class. And the same was true within Iranian society with the Ulema. Okay. In, okay. in, in 1958, um, General uh, Viola uh, Garaani um, had attempted to remove the Shah from power in a coup d'etat, but he was thwarted. Um, it was discovered, though, that he had met with American representatives in Athens, Greece, before the coup, and the Shah used this to ask the U.S. not to meet with any of his rivals. Um, so he was able to stop this coup, and he used it as evidence to sort of hold against the Americans, saying, you know, that he knew what they were up to and that they needed to stop. Uh, hey, 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 I got you with your hand in the cookie jar, please. No more. Um, <laughs> and just sort of an example of how far um, the Shah had come. There was an incident in 1959 where a British company had won a contract with the Iranian government, um, but at the last second it was canceled and the contract was given to Siemens, um, the German corporation. Um, Max's company? No. No, like the the sort of like industrial like German corporation. Yeah, okay.
1: I worked I worked at a couple of their facilities.
0: Um, Fucking
1: assholes. There's there's
0: They're a assholes. big okay. there's a big office. I think yeah. it's one of their regional headquarters. Yeah, it's right around DCF. the corner.
1: There's there's uh, they have a big uh, facility right around the corner from my house, over off. Uh, well, I'm not going to say what street, but over there.
0: Um. And the, the British Embassy does an investigation into this, and, and they cover it that the reason why he had canceled the contract and signed the one with Siemens was that Mohammad Reza wanted to sleep with the wife of the sales agent for Siemens, uh, and that the Siemens agent had made an indecent proposal and it consented to allowing his wife to sleep with the Shah in exchange for winning back the contract. See, there's these nothing sales r- people have no
1: soul. There's nothing wrong with that, because the thing is, is that's what? how...
2: You're
1: that's, boring your wife out. That's how. Oh uh,
0: Pharmaceutical reps work to this day. <laughs> <What>? uh-huh. <laughs> that's just that's just business. On on July 24th, 1959, um, the the Shah gives Israel de facto recognition by allowing an Israeli trade office to be opened in Tehran. Oh, he um, fucked up. That, that functioned as a de facto embassy, and and this offends most of the Islamic world and many of sort of like hardcore muslims within iran um because at this time you know most of the muslim world is still trying to actively destroy israel um yeah israel was what 47 49 49 okay uh and after that war like even even to today you know saudi arabia was in a de facto state of war with israel until like the late 2010 so essentially about 70 years they were in a de facto state of war that's crazy. So so most of the Muslim world is, is very angry about Israel and the events that went down in the 49 War. So for the Shah to make this sort of diplomatic choice is, is very angering to a lot of people. Okay. Um, so on, on December 14, 1959, so you have to remember this is right before Eisenhower leaves office because um, in the 1960 election, is the election between um, JFK and Nixon, um, Eisenhower visits Iran and the Shah tells them that he has two external threats. He has the Soviet Union to the north and sort of these um, sort of Arab socialist governments to the west, like Iraq.
2: Look um, at that, these Soviet pussies up top and I got these fucking libs next door. And, Can you and please there, get me out of this position.
0: And most Arab socialist countries are heavily aligned to the Soviet Union, so he sort of uses this as an excuse to get more military aid. Um, that he, son of a
2: bitch Trotsky. I had to kick his ass out twice already.
1: Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, he moved <laughs> into two different
2: like neighborhoods.
1: They keep coming. He kept coming in. You know, he's been kicked out of like six thousand countries. I was doing some research on him. I came across podcast Trilateral Troika. <laughs> I said, hey, They're gone. They are gone now. <laughs>
0: and then he was kicked out of the countries that came after them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry.
0: And and he uses this to to sort of um convince the United States government to give him like an incredible amount of military aid. What are we talking? Um, so, so Iran during this period is receiving like top line like military aid. Most of it being paid for with sort of oil money. And a lot of Iran's GDP is going into sort of building up um, this very, like, American equipment military. Right. Um, it's, it's to the point, like, like, one of the main reasons why Iran-Contra happened was because the Iranian military was so composed of U.S. military equipment that the only way they could get parts to replace their damaged equipment was through the United States government.
2: And let me guess, a lot of it wasn't, like, specifically literal arms that we were selling them, but, like, bits and pieces and parts to fix the shit we'd already sold them.
0: Uh, that, that was a lot of what Iran-Contra was, but during this period, you know, they're that's, getting, yeah, like... Yeah, that's what I mean, like, specifically Iran-Contra, or Iran-Contra. And they're getting, like, F-14s, um, just, just sort of top-of-the-line military equipment for the era, and then they're sending in American military personnel, um, to sort of train them and show them how to use this equipment, which also becomes an issue later on. And, and who is the president at this point? Um, the prime ministers keep getting shuffled around; they're not really that important because. Um, no, who is the sho-
2: was the, uh, the president in the United States? Oh,
0: the president of the United States in 1960. It's Eisenhower. It Herbert <laughs> Roosevelt. Um, and <laughs> I, I made it, piggy. Ugh.
2: Excuse and, me, goddamn boomer.
0: And in a nineteen, in nineteen sixty, um, the Shah the Shah gets divorced from his wife, uh, Soraya, uh, mainly because she's unable to bear children. Um, oh, what a shithead! And so he's he's looking for his third no, wife. No, it's not
1: that she can't give birth; she just can't stand kids. He's
0: had <laughs> can't stand little folks. He, he, can't he eventually bear has three wives, and the previous two wives are just divorced. Like they don't, they don't die or anything. He just divorces them when he sort of gets tired of them. Or the first one, it seemed like she also got tired of him, but he he sort of sells it as the other way around. No, 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 it was his, not me. It's you. His his first wife was an Egyptian princess um, of the Hashemite dynasty. Egypt used to have a royal family very much like Jordan, sort of the same uh, dynasty, um, but they're eventually overthrown by Arab socialists. Um, and and his wife was a princess from that family his first wife Um, his second wife Soraya she is um, she is Iranian but he um, he divorces her and then he starts looking for a new wife and he indicates that he'd be interested in marrying um, an Italian princess um, Maria Gabriella of Savoy who is the daughter of uh, Italian King Umberto II who's sort of been deposed from his position and the Pope, um, uh, John the, John twenty third he vetoes this suggestion and he writes an editorial in the sort of the Vatican newspaper um, titled The Muslim Sovereign and a Catholic Princess. And he says that it's a grave danger, um, especially considering that under canon law at that time, anyone who marries a divorced person would be automatically and formally excommunicated.
2: So I'm just gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna throw something out here and y- you guys can <clears throat> you guys can see by the pictures I'll put the picture in the Discord real quick so you can take a look. I'm getting a very Melania Trump vibe from Soraya
0: Reza Palani. Oh, oh yeah, all of his all of his wives sort of have that look. Um, like, holy shit! Like that high cheek. Like it. The first picture I saw her when I googled her, I was like, oh my
2: god, that's like Melania Trump. Looks just like her. Just, yeah, if, like a, like post post plastic surgery Melania yeah, Trump.
0: Yeah, if you look at Farah, she's also very like Instagram model like, and that's that's one of the things that sort of comes back to sort of destroy the Shah, is that he he keeps marrying like all of these sort of like like supermodels and mm-hmm. and even though like people will point out that like Farah did a lot of like sort of charity work, like she's still like taking baths in milk. During a period what? where like starvation is like a real issue in Iran, like like people are literally starving to death, and she's like bathing in milk and dressing in like all these like like fancy designer clothes, and they're covered she in was gold and stuff.
2: Bathing in fucking mi- what? Never mind, never mind,
0: never mind. Um, and we'll we'll sort of get into like why they also get into doing stuff like that.
2: Just because they're rich, is it like the like the rich psychosis kicking in? It
0: it does, and then eventually he tries to sort of compare himself to um, King Cyrus, the 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 sort of like biblical historical like classical Persian king, mm-hmm. Cyrus the Great. Um, but in, but during the 60s, um, demonstrations and increasing opposition to the Shah from within Iran um, keeps popping up. But the Shah keeps dismissing it as sort of foreign agitation, and he usually attributes it to the CIA.
2: I mean, him, he's not wrong. Mostly, I mean, he could probably attribute it to the CIA and not be wrong 90 percent of the time.
0: But, but a lot of it is just that he can't come to terms with the fact that the people of Iran are, like, mad with how he's dealing with the country like these demonstrations are legitimate like they're grassroots sort of demonstrations against the shah because you'll have to remember and and you'll sort of see this later on is that the the united states government and the cia they want to keep the shah in power um because there are other instances like in 1960 the head of savak goes on like a diplomatic mission to the u.s to meet with john f kennedy because Mm -hmm. the shah had supported richard nixon but while the the head of Savak is there, he essentially like, options to the U.S., like him doing a coup d'etat against the Shah, and then Kermit Roosevelt and the CIA just sort of come back to the Shah and tell him about what happened.
2: Hey man, let me tell you about this plan that they got going for you, bro.
0: You're not going to believe it. <laughs> like, ev- like, eventually, he'll come visit during the... During the '60s, like during the Kennedy administration, and there'll be there'll be protests against him, and he just believes that it's being orchestrated by Bobby Kennedy, because Bobby Kennedy is very critical of him. Bobby,
1: stupid liberal shit. Bobby Kennedy is going to commit treason.
0: (laughs) So the to to sort of describe the England England liberals to to describe the Shah's sort of mindset is that he sort of seems to believe that there can't be sort of like a grassroots movement that the people have to be directed. So it's always somebody else. Oh,
1: sorry. It's always sure. somebody else. What do you mean? It's always somebody else. Run, run that, that, by me again.
0: that the people aren't really coming together and deciding like, we don't like the conditions we're living under. He, he always views it as that. Somebody is pulling the strings. Uh-huh. It's oh, always some leader that's, that's do. telling yeah. them
1: what to do. It's not, it's not possible, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always um, Hillary Clinton.
0: It, but if, for instance, in 1961, um, he's forced to give in to demands when um, teachers go on um, strike. And then the army refuses to shoot the protesters because they're mostly just teachers. Um, so he gives in to what they want. Um, and he's also having to move through different heads of Savak due to um, using them as scapegoats um after they go too far for instance in 1962 um there's a demonstration that they fire upon and three students are killed so the shah sort of as like a token like move uh, like replaces the head of savak
2: that's the very least he could have done
0: and what eventually happens is that in 1961 a prominent um, a, a prominent guy he's referred to as the marja of all shia who's sort of like the spiritual leader of like shia islam because shia islam doesn't have a, a caliph um, you mean it, the
1: maharaja
0: no a marja oh, okay the the maharaja is like the the king of kings or whatever
2: yeah, yeah. i thought that was a game on I... windows 95 or
1: 98 maharaja yeah it is it's that uh, Maharaja. It's it's a tile game played by a lot of uh, older Jewish ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's like a tile
2: game on Windows Ninety. Mahjong, Mahjong. But,
0: that's what it is. Mahjong, not the Maharaja. Okay. But three, three Hussein, crack, uh, four, bam. <laughs> but Hussein, uh, Moro Jodi, he's sort of the, the this sort of spiritual leader in Shia. Um, in in Shia Islam, um, part of like sort of the the eschatology of. Um, of shia islam is that the rightful caliph uh, went into what's referred to as um occultation meaning that he's he's still around but he's sort of gone into this sort of like hiding protected by god and then when the end of the world comes or, or oh. sort of their version of the rapture he's going to come back
1: you said eschatology okay yeah. Yeah, 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 it, yeah yeah and
0: it sort of goes into this that, that he's that he's occultated and that the The person who's claiming to be the caliph is not the rightful caliph, and this sort of goes into why the the Sunni and the Shia are at odds with each other. It's very much like a Protestant Catholic sort of determination of who gets to be the voice of God. Yeah. Um. And under this, under Hussein, uh, Borujerdi is a a Shia ayatollah named uh, Khomeini. Um, Khomeini is is fifty nine years it old. Sounds at this familiar. Um, so yeah, <laughs> this is Ayatollah Asahola. <laughs> Yes, this is, this is the Ayatollah Asahola of of Soldier of Fortune like like T shirt ads. Featured right next to the uh, "nuke their ass, take their gas" T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real thing? Yes, oh, yeah. it is a real oh, thing. Yeah. Oh my Dude, god! Nuke their ass, take their gas. Soldier of Fortune magazine is just like a treasure trove of like, like just terrible, like white supremacist and like anti-whatever like T-shirts and like personal ads.
2: Dude, it's so bad. It's so bad. I always
0: Um, felt like it would be good to make a magazine that just parodies
1: those magazines and just start a whole business surrounding that. Like, not Mad Magazine, but, like, literally a Soldier of Fortune magazine that was misspelled slightly. (laughs) And you just put it on the same rack and just have... Like Soldier with a J? Yeah, like (laughs) Soldier, you know? (laughs) Soldier of (laughs) Fortune. And then you start, like, a whole thing. Like that, like time, but it's spelled T H Y M E. Oh my god. (laughs) Um
0: so uh Khomeini sort of comes out of the death of um Hussein Brogerdi as sort of um this prominent Shia scholar. Um he gains the title of Marja E Takled, which means a source of imitation, meaning that he's somebody you look to in terms of jurisprudence. Um, Because right. the dilemma is sort of very similar to like like rabbis whereas the rabbis are more of like they're or less the of a priest
3: class. and they
0: they have sort of more of like a judicial role within like religious law and the same is true with the ayatollahs and these high ranking um, imams So um, like
1: so quick aside like you know I've had people who uh, made arguments to me when I was younger about that where it was like one of the the predications of of islam like how they were selling islam to me was that there was no pope or anything like that like there was no figure head and stuff like that but it was like always so obvious that there was you know a
0: grand well there isn't there isn't currently one that's where they got you the the caliph the last caliph was was at the end of the ottoman empire it never went went there though
1: it was always just there's but
3: but my argument my
1: but you understand my argument, right? Yeah. Like it's, there's clearly like imams that hold sway over communities and things like that. Fucking bishops, like you
0: know. like Iran, like not all Shia Islam, like not all Shia Islam looks to the Grand Ayatollah as like a as like a pope like figure. But right. within the nation of Iran, the the Grand Ayatollah, the supreme leader, is not only like the dictatorial sort of leader of the country in the same way a monarch is. He's also like the Pope, exactly, and the yep. and the Pope himself is very much like a monarchical like position within Fuck the Catholic yeah, Church. Yeah, it is even even more so when the papal states existed. But even today, it's still based in those sort of roots. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, he's a private army. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. And and with uh, Khomeini is that um, he he's mainly a teacher. And all the students he's been teaching at the seminary, they establish what's called the Society of Seminary Teachers of Qom, which is the the Iranian like holy city that he that he holds the seminary in, and this will eventually come back to play a key role in the establishment of a new government after vict- after the victory of the Iranian Revolution. Okay. So so sort of the seeds of the revolution are being sowed at this time, and he's sort of raising up all these sort of Muslim scholars. Who sort of support his um, sort of view on Islam and its place within society. You would um, think which, that which we'll a, get to. an ancient
1: country would have um, a class of intellectuals that would take the long view on these things? Is there any reason why they didn't?
0: Well, usually the the Ulema are the, the intellectual class.
1: But they've been co-opted, essentially.
0: Well, well they, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't really say that they've been Co-opted. It's just that they have they're, they're sort of a divided camp within these prominent sort of figures within it. It would be like if you imagined like an academia, like or sort of science. You know all these like pre, like prominent scientists like that that show up and do like YouTube videos. Uh-huh. Like if that guy actually had you know authority. Oh my god. So so the problem with the dilemma is not that it is decentralized. The, the problem is that it's centralized but fragmented so Just
1: so you know i would be totally fine with electro boom being like the head of the department of energy <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to be a u.s citizen first but i i'd be totally fine with that because
0: he lives in canada so they have they have like sort of these cults of personality along these islamic thinkers and, and there is an emerging left-wing intellectual class, but they're constantly being curtailed by Savak. And like I said, the, the Shah is sort of courting them, but he's, he's sort of like also like cutting it off with them. He's not giving them any positions of power for too long. Um, sort of these left-wing intellectuals are not given you know, the prime ministership for more than like a year or two and then he just sort of relegates them to, to sort of the backstage as soon as possible.
2: So he basically lets Savak. Fuck with the left, excuse me. Fuck with the left wing activists and the students and stuff, but just yeah. a little bit. No, just don't go too crazy with it. But you can fuck with them a little bit, but don't go too
0: crazy. Yeah, they're they're disappearing and threatening people, but they're not like, you know, it's on Stalin levels of repression yet. Yeah. Um, in in 1962, um, this is sort of when Khomeini comes onto the national stage. Um, the Shah had made a local council election bill that would have given women the right to vote for the first time. Oh, and also, shit. And also the ability for non-Muslims to run for the council. to sort Oh, of be come in on. political what is he office. thinking?
1: So, this guy's but, way too progressive. He's, he's way too, he's, he's He reminds me of uh, Mossadegh. It sounds like whenever there's any kind of progressive... Prof- right, right, like, this sounds really familiar. It sounds like whenever there's any kind of Progressive reform that affects change for classes other than the one that's currently holding sway. Uh, For some reason... Uh, For yeah. some reason. Some reason, those people get locked up and vilified and thrown and away. They kill
2: themselves by shooting themselves in the back of the head three times.
1: Which is, that's the preferred method of suicide. You know, you yeah, just want to yeah. aim if the you, gun directly at the back of your head. If you get two, if you get two
0: bullets, it's just, it's not going to be enough. You need the three, at least. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, you, and you know, you once you hit the
1: back of your head, you want to
0: just through. stand yeah. back up and aim again, you know. <laughs> you want You want to make sure, you know, if you have a dog or some other pet, you know, that they're just sort of locked in another room
1: yeah away
0: from where you're going to kill yourself right
1: you You, you need to know your target and what's behind it you know
0: um um, so so Khomeini organizes this sort of opposition to the bill and it causes the government to sort of back down And, and this is sort of and he sort of gets recognized as being as like a principal foe to the shah that the Khomeini sort of emerges as this like major opposition figure due to the fact that he was able to get the shah to back down and see mm-hmm. and i've been saying this for
1: years like whenever that happens over there i'm always like man if their government would just not back down they would probably like if they do it at, like early out not back down then they'd probably have something going for them, you know
2: do, do you keep saying don't back down because i just live in gainesville
1: uh, no, what the hell does that have to do with Gainesville? All I know about Gainesville is I like it, Petty? I like I like against yeah, me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, oh, Petty, he's from, yeah, oh, he's from Oh, he's from Gainesville. It? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. They uh-huh. sing it at
2: every Gator game. Rest in they peace, sing the, by the way. The will back down or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, back down. yeah, yeah.
0: You know, he was, he was like a song. He was like a groundsman at, at UF, so you know he got a got a prop Tom Petty against you know. me. Yeah, so you said
2: it like three times. I thought you were. The no, first you got it, bro. I get it. I'm from
0: Gainesville. I hear you. You know, you, go you gotta Calm have you gotta have another Ryan. statue to put up to replace the. These guys from Gainesville. You gotta have another statue to put up to replace like the Aaron Hernandez one. So. Just watch
1: that uh, documentary. I fell asleep through the second the second episode and Cassie said, It ended where you thought.
0: She's like, yeah, he's dead. Uh, yeah, he killed himself.
1: <laughs> good, good.
0: Guy. Um and in and in nineteen sixty three, um, the Shah, and, and sort of like his like faux progressive streak, he institutes what he calls the white revolution. Um, the, and in the order Wyatt? to preempt uh, Left leading rat- revolution in Iran, um, he begins introducing reforms um, that he felt would ally, you know, the peasantry to him.
2: And the the reforms that he's that he's like, you know, suggesting these are like the religious people looking at him like, "Go oh, fuck yourself," right?
0: Yeah, to to a degree, and, and we'll get to that. Um, so initially, th- this is very similar to what Mossadegh did. Where he sort of like makes reforms in order to prevent the Communist Party from offering those reforms to prevent Tuda, from he he sort of steals their thunder, mm-hmm. and the the six reforms he initially has are um, he has a land reform program that abolishes feudalism. Uh, oh, that, okay. What year was this? In 1963.
1: That's good, man. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's the, before the, America, right? The government the
0: um, and... sort of. <laughs> Buys up the land from feudalism. feudal and then he they sell it to the peasants at about thirty percent the market value, and, and they offer loans to them that are their twenty five year loans um, to these peasants, and it sort of um, it sort of elevates a number of peasants, but it still leaves like many peasants without like any land. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it does sort of give uh, one point five million peasant families. Um, sort of land and the ability to cultivate it, um, but it also creates a class of like people who just farm the farms but don't actually own or live on the farms.
2: Oh, what do we call this? Uh, tenement
0: farming? Feudalism? Yeah, he, it, it sort of
2: it sort of creates a system of tenement farming. Feud- feudalism is the is like a hierarchy. Goddamn fuck. We're, okay. Next episode, we're going back to the Middle Ages. Um, this clown.
0: Um, <laughs> Let's go to King Henry VIII. <laughs> he he stops he does a nationalization of forests and pasture lands to sort of create almost like a national like park system um to sort of protect these this areas is, from being destroyed
1: this is Shah, right yeah yeah i mean how, um, how fucking dare he, he... he women are voting well as as the the park... you'll, you'll get to that they're not voting yet
2: well, he's 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 doing this and he's introducing these reforms to steal the thunder. What was the party again? The name of the party? The Tudor party. The Tuta party. So he's yeah. doing this to steal their part, to steal their thunder, to say like, "Hey, listen, look at I introduced this stuff. You didn't introduce it. I did this. <laughs> like, yeah. Communism's not that great. I did, I did it." Right? My question is: Is he still offering these reforms genuinely, or is he being disingenuous with these reforms? Is he just doing it because he knows that he has to? I think, or is it because he wants to legitimately make, you know, women have a voice in the Iranian government? I think Iranian that
0: Iranian he he's sort of, like, up his own ass to the point where he's, like, he, he sort of believes, you know, that he's in power and that he's just sort of giving these away, you know, that by giving the women the right to vote, which he eventually does, which I'll get to in these reforms, is that, you know, he's just being generous and, and sort of, like, charitable. Um, they, they, he's sort of looking at, like, like my enemies claim they'll do this, but I will. I will. That they'll have to take them from me. But I'll just give them to the people because I'm such a kind and generous, you know, Shah.
2: I'm a good guy. He just started a rumor like, <laughs> "Hey, listen, the enemies that are going to give ten million dollars to every citizen. The enemies are going to do that very soon. You should do that first,
0: Shah. You should give all the citizens lots of money before your enemies do." <laughs> um, he he privatizes um, government-owned enterprises. And he does this because most of the enterprises were owned by, like, the old feudal lords. And and this sort of creates a new, like, um, sort Feudalism? of entrepreneur class. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh.
1: Feudalism?
0: In <laughs> he um, he's institutes a profit sharing for industrial uh, workers and in private sector enterprises. Um, so it gives factory workers and employers twenty percent share of the net profits of the places where they worked. And he also gives uh, a twenty uh, like sort of like uh, productivity bonuses. Oh um,
1: my god.
0: he He extends the right to vote to women. Um, and then he he also forms a literacy corps. Um, and it was that um, that those who had high school diplomas, Um, They'd be required to either serve the country as soldiers through conscription, or they could also sort of go as sort of like literacy teachers to the villages, Um, because in 1963, approximately two-thirds of the population was illiterate. All right,
1: let's stop right there for a second. How much of what you're saying right now is namby-pamby, positive shit that he did? Was there anything that he offered that wasn't good? Because it certainly sounds like most of the things he wanted to do, for whatever reason he wanted to do them, are fantastically
0: positive. He the, these reforms that he does are good, but you have to remember that these are just sort of like a salve. They're not; they're good, but they're not really dealing with the the core issues that are that are at the center of the dysfunction within Iranian society. Okay. Like, like, this is the equivalent <laughs> of, like, people saying, like, we're going to offer coding camps for inner-city youth. And that's right, going to completely – to code. Yeah, we're going to completely <laughs> destroy, like, destroy like poverty. And, like, just because you, like, increase literacy doesn't mean, you know, that, like so – like he's basically tr- putting a Band-Aid on a wound. Yeah, in, he's, he's putting a Band-Aid on a wound. In 1963, it's not like by 1983, you know, Iran's going to be the Jetsons because he taught the majority of the country to read. That's a good like,
1: start. I mean, like, like a, it's not a good,
0: sound apologia, but uh, it's it's a good start. the United but we'll,
2: States isn't even the fucking Jetsons, and I am severely disappointed and we'll, frustrated. We'll
0: we'll get to like why. Like, well, we would have had free energy, but they killed Tesla. Ugh. Um, but. <laughs> But sort of by the end of the Shah's reign in 1979, um, they institute about 19 of these like reforms. Steve, let me ask you a question: Where the fuck is Icy Ramadan while all this shit's going on? <laughs> is he just writing rhymes, he's, watching Scarface in a hot he, tub? He's in the Persian Gulf on a speedboat, being chased by a helicopter. Of course he is. It's like it's like the like uh, Biggie.
1: the Biggie video. Yeah. yeah. Oh
3: my god.
0: Uh, Dropping sick bars um, the Quran. Uh, so, and, and a lot of these reforms as well like they alienate the rural poor um, because for instance the land reforms don't really give a lot of them land it, they don't it, give it, the rural poor land it, it, it only gives a small percentage <laughs> yeah. it only gives a small percentage of farmers enough land that they can actually you know make a profit um, the rest of the people who get land are stuck at being subsistence farmers or being tenement farmers
2: uh uh-huh. right. Well, um, sounds like they need to take a key, take a hint from and, the,
0: uh, <coughs> Ireland. <coughs> and this, and this women's suffrage and the secularization of education overnight is it, sort of a blow to to sort of traditional values because before this, all education had really been done mostly through the Ulema um, so, so through sort the of through these, these religious schools, right? And in And in January 22nd of that year, um, Khomeini issued a strongly worded declaration that denounces the Shah and these sort of plans. Let me ask you a question. Is Khomeini an extremist? Uh, I would say he is. Um, He he often doesn't... mean
1: I didn't mean that. Let me rephrase the question. At the
0: time...
2: I would was say viewed by the general
0: global I, establishment well, as being extremist. The thing about Khomeini is is that Khomeini is a liar. Um, okay. And, and <laughs> Khomeini the, is a liar sometimes, and, and mainly because what Khomeini does is that he's very smart about how he sort of pitches his ideas. In that, when he's speaking in public and sort of as like a figure as he sort of becomes as an opposition figurehead, he sort of, sort of puts himself as a nationalist, that, that he is opposed to the corruption of the Shah. He loves Iran. He just wants the Shah out of power. But what, is, what will eventually come out in secret is that Khomeini has this belief, and he sort of subscribes to the school of thought, that mankind cannot exist without the tutelage of Islam, that the correct state of mankind is not you know, being under a secular government, That that is religious. He believes that all direction in like the life of mankind has to come from Islamic teachings.
2: I thought the correct state of mankind was midair, Jeff jumping off a twenty-six foot steel cage onto a
0: fucking table.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My God, he killed him. (laughs) I thought that was the average state of mankind.
0: He killed (laughs) him. My God, he issued the final firman.
1: Buy my hot sauce. He's got children. Buy my hot sauce.
0: (laughs) Um, But we'll we'll sort of get into this and sort of like uh, what the Ayatollah presents himself as and what the Ayatollah actually is.
1: Um,
0: But but he is he is definitely an extremist by Muslim standards
1: at the time.
0: Yes. Um, Because you have to remember at this time um, within Shia Islam, um, because they're not they're not really connected to like like Sunni Islam. Like in Sunni Islam you have Wahhabiism yeah. which which should actually be called Salafiism because yeah. Wahhabism is sort of like a, a slur. Um and, and Salafiism is sort of this like anti Ottoman sort of reactionary movement that's sort of like a reformation of Islam, but a reformation in the term that like hardcore like Baptist Pentecostal is. And I mm-hmm. would say I would say that Khomeini on that is very much like those people in America who believe, you know, that America has to be a Christian country and we have to return to like biblical law and stuff like that.
2: God, I'm getting nauseous just thinking about it.
0: Um but just threw a- up. after after Khomeini <laughs> makes this strongly worded deco- uh declaration against the Shah, um, the Shah takes an armored column, so like a division of, of tanks to Quam, and right. he delivers a speech harshly attacking the ulema. Um, uh, Khomeini still continues to denounce the Shah, and and issues a manifesto that bears uh, his signature and the signatures of eight other scholars. What year? What uh, year is this? Year check. This isn't. This is still in 1963. This is like several days after Man, the White Revolution, on, then, huh? Is announced. Jesus. Um. So, in it, uh, Khomeini says that the Shah has violated the constitution. Um. He condemns the spread of moral corruption in the country, and he accused the Shah. Of of submission to America and Israel. Um, he also he also decrees that the New Year's uh, celebrations for for the Iranian New Year um, be canceled as a sign of protest against government policies. Because at this time, um, and even today, Iran's sort of like on a lunar calendar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. an Iranian New Year is called uh, Nowruz, and he sort of calls like a boycott of Nowruz to protest the Shah. Son, Son of a bitch and then eventually the the sort of animosity between the two climaxes in June um, when the Ayatollah compares the Shah um, to the Umayyad uh, Caliph Yazid I and he says that if the Shah does not change his ways um, that the people are eventually um, going to um, kick him out of the country
2: they're going to chop off his fucking head on, and, and
0: yeah, the yeah, Umayyad <laughs> the Umayyad or Umayyad Caliph yeah, that, is yeah, is the one dad. who who began like persecuting the Shia. So Great. so he's essentially calling him like the villain of like Shia Islam.
2: Have we gotten to the point in the story where that like crazy guy ramboed his way through the like the palace to try to kill the Shah, like while he was in bed or something like that?
0: No, like because there way was to the ruin ass- at Ryan. Well, there was the assassination attempt, but that was that was earlier on where he gets shot in the face. No, 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 no. I know.
2: I, we already talked about that one. I guess we haven't talked about the next one yet. Okay, never mind. Just kidding.
1: Because I didn't. I didn't include that one. <laughs> just kidding. Really, that never like... happened. Just kidding. <laughs> nah.
2: The uh, no. I just realized I fucked up because I just looked at it real quick. Because um, we're talking about 1963 right now. Uh, I guess the other one was in
1: 1965. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing you could have is just say so like, I will edit all that out, and I will say right now, so people are listening. There was just about thirty minutes of dead air.
0: Thirty <laughs> we minutes. We were waiting for Steve
1: to catch up
0: <laughs> with his research. I had to I had to reset my metronome. It took a while. <laughs> I set it to adagio sostenuto. Um, oh my god! On on January twenty fourth. Um, the Shah orders, um, orders that Khomeini, um, be arrested, um, after major riots, uh, happen, um, and this is called the, the movement of 15, uh, Kordad. um, and martial law is declared, and hundreds are killed. What? Um,
2: like this is not something we can just skim over.
0: So there's, there's this large protest, um, the military, in order to put them down, have to fire on the crowds, and hundreds are killed um Jeez. after after 100. 19 days um in in Kassar prison um khomeini is moved first to a military base in uh Esratabad, and then to a house um in a section of tehran race kept under surveillance um and in on an april 7th 1964 um khomeini is released from custody and he returns to quam um in, in autumn he denounces um the government for its sort of um, capitulations um, due to expanding um, or extending diplomatic immunity to American military personnel. And he calls, um, he calls an agreement um, is that it's a surrender to uh, of Iranian independence and sovereignty uh, made in exchange for 200 million dollars that was loaned to the Shah and his associates. 200 million, Jesus. And he also describes the members of the, the Majelis, the parliament, who, who voted in favor of this, traitors. And he calls the government um, illegitimate. Okay. Um, after he sort of makes <laughs> okay. this... After he makes this sort of denunciation, he's arrested again. Um, he's immediately, immediately taken to um, the Maribad Airport in Tehran, and he's exiled in November... And he will be exiled from Iran for the next 15 years.
2: Hey, listen, before we throw you on this plane to get the fuck up out of here, let me tell you about this guy I heard of, uh, Leon Trotsky. You should look him up. Apparently, he's been kicked out of, like, everywhere. He might have uh, some hints on how to live on the land. Bye bye
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man...
2: Literally, so literally, my middle, my Middle Eastern accent is like a mix between Russian and the guy who ran the little Rainbow Mart next to my high school that we used to steal Mad Dog Twenty Twenty from at Boone's Farm.
1: Oh, that's all, dude, that's you all know what it is? Stealing Mad Dog Twenty Twenty is the only way to get it. I mean, Bro, if you pay money for it, is
2: even in business. <laughs> if you buy MD Twenty Twenty. I feel like it should trip some sort of flag and you should be immediately flagged by the feds or local law enforcement because you're up to no fucking good if you're buying MD twenty twenty. It's so
1: bad. The most appropriate imbibing of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty I ever saw was we were walking down the street in high school and there was a bottle so of it, it down a the toilet. There was a bottle of it in the <laughs> woods there, right? And oh and this this kid we were with just he was just a hole again. And he decided that he was (laughs) going to go ahead and he's just going to drink it. And I was like, he had a sip and threw it down and swears there was piss in it. And I was like, no, it was probably just Mad Dog. (laughs) 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 The most appropriate Mad Dog twenty twenty story I have. How sweet was the piss? I I mean, I didn't want to go into like details, you know, at the time. (laughs) To
2: be fair, Mad Dog tastes like piss anyway, so yeah, it could have been real piss or it could have been Mad Dog. There's no way to tell.
0: Um, so in, on January 22nd of 1964, um, you'll, you remember that they had passed the, the it's called the Geneva Convention American Force Protection Act, um, which, um, Khomeini referred to as the capitulation law. Um, the politician who brought it forward, um, the, the prime minister, uh, Mohammed, um, Bakharai is is assassinated for his for, for essentially bringing it out under his under his watch. Jeez. So so violence in sort of opposition to the Shah is picking up. Um, on September fifth of nineteen sixty five, um, Khomeini who had been in um, Turkey um, leaves for uh, Najaf in Iraq, um, where he spends about thirteen years there and he teaches seminary at that time. Um, I'm sure as most Americans or, or should know today, um, that Iraq has like a very large, um, as a, ma- a majority of, of Shia worshippers, and that a lot of, um, a number of holy cities in Shia Islam are in Baghdad, or I should say in Iraq. Um, and so he, he goes there, and, and he's sort of still um, teaching people, and he's still sort of disseminating his works and his writings. Okay. Um, uh, from January 21st to February 8th in 1970, um, Khomeini gives a series of 19 lectures to a group of his students um, on Islamic government. Um, and what he does in these lectures is he sort of compiles them all um, into a book from the notes. And this book, um, it, it appears that there are different titles. Uh, three of them are the, the Islamic Government, Authority of the Jurist, and a letter from Imam Musavi Kashef Al-Kita. Um, and the reason why that last one has that title is to sort of deceive Iranian censors so that when they look in the book or look at the cover of the book, they don't really realize what it's about. Um, and this, this sort of small book of notes is smuggled into Iran and it's widely distributed to Khomeini's uh, supporters. Um, and this sort of indoctrinates them to sort of his idea of of Islamic governance and, and sort of the way in which Iranian society should be directed hmm. Hmm. On, on October 26, 1967 <coughs> 20, 26 years after his reign as Shah he, he takes on this title of uh, Shahanshah which is the king of kings in a, in a lavish uh, sort of coronation ceremony in Tehran is Sha de tutti <laughs> and <What? laughs> and and he says and he said that he, um, he he sort of chose to have this coronation ceremony there because he believed that um, he did not deserve it up to that point because Iran was quote unquote a poor country and that he believed iran had reached a state in which he, he could actually you know actively call himself an emperor wow it, and you have wow. to remember he didn't really have a full-on coronation ceremony because the british and the soviets just sort of put him in power that's ugh. they
2: they sort of this just like is, he's so far up his own ass it's amazing they, it, is, it is
0: amazing that he oh even it gets breathe. it gets better um but he, oh, man. His, get, his father okay. pretty much just gets like kicked out the door and they just sort of like two like a British guy and a Russian guy just sort of like grab him by the arms just sort of lift him up put him on the throne and then just walk out <laughs> um
1: man we and, are like I, I feel like we could keep talking about it all day how much How much more do we have to go
0: on this one uh we have about a we have about like eight more years Whew.
1: Well, if all that happened in '63, <laughs>
0: um, so in the the Shaw no, 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 no. like it's I said, he gets flyby. Nothing he, happened. He gets obsessed with sort of comparing himself to to King Cyrus, and, and sort of um, sort of not really portraying himself as the king as the king of like a modern Persia, but as sort of like the continuation of a line of emperors of Persia um, over the last like twenty five hundred years. Hmm. And, and from October 12th to S- October 16th in 1971, he has this 2,500-year uh, celebration of the Persian Empire. And he has this big celebration at the ancient city of, of Persipolis, which was the, sort of the ancient capital of the Persian Empire. Um, and, and this area had sort of been neglected. Um, it, it's sort of near what's uh, called Shiraz, and so they had to sort of like build up the local infrastructure. I had and, and a Shiraz sort of, once. I didn't like it. And and the international airport and, and the highway to it. Um, while the press and supporting staff were housed in, in Shiraz, um, the main festivities would be in Persepolis, where they sort of el- erected this elaborate tent city um, that would house attendees from all over the world. Um, the area around Persepolis was uh, cleared of snakes and other vermin. Um, trees and flowers were planted, and 50,000 songbirds were imported from Europe. And once again, tents, though. And they also had um, events at um, Parsa um which was the the site of the tomb of Cyrus, um, which was in Tehran. But again, they they have tents erected. And then, um, six hundred guests dined over. <laughs> to, like it's like a big like. Imagine like. Like crazy like Burning man. Like that's a, that's like, Burning man like Burning or Man or like crazy rich Asians, but like with like the wedding from that, but with you know, the the Shah of Iran. Oh my god. Okay. Um, six hundred guests dined over five and a half hours. Which, which made it, and I think it still is, the most lavish official banquet in modern history, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Really? Um, and it had it had sort of like representatives from all the royal families in the world. Um, for instance, um, the Ethiopian um, king, um, Haile Selassie's family was there, um, which, which would also join the Shah, not surviving outside of the 70s. Um, Queen Elizabeth was sort of told not to go to the gathering. Um, she was sort of warned by the government and her own, like, sort of royal minders that it would not be wise to attend.
2: Just because they were afraid she was going to get shot at?
0: Well, no, just, just that it's like a bad look to go to the big, huge party of one of the most corrupt leaders in the world. Okay. Um, so uh, people in the Western press and were, were very critical of, of this sort of gathering that he had. And Khomeini and his followers called it the Devil's Festival. Um, the the Ministry of the Court placed the cost officially Sounds at like that time at, at seventeen million dollars. One of the organizers um, put it at twenty two million dollars at the time. Um, yeah. Nobody really knows what the actual figure is. It, it's like difficult to calculate, and it's obviously like very a partisan like issue. Because there's still people today who like support the Shah. Really? Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, like Cuban um, emigres where they still support, you know, the pre-Castro government even though it was garbage. Gotcha. Um, and and it's also a big deal too because the area where the gathering is being held was hit by like an acute drought. So there actually was like issues of starvation and famine in the region. And they're having this like huge lavish party where they had like a literal ton of caviar
1: there's no such thing as a cute
0: drought dude <laughs> in, in 1974 in an interview with Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes um, the Shah told Mike Wallace when asked that the rumors of corruption were the most unjust thing that I have ever heard and he called them a cheap accusation and he also argued that these allegations um, are not really as serious as those regarding governments like the United States Huh. So it was. It was very much like one of those interviews where, like, they'll have like Vladimir Putin or like Assad on like sixty Minutes, and it'll just be like, "I'm great. Everybody loves me. Uh, <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine." You, it's you democratic
1: election in Russia. Nobody shoot.
0: Um. And and this is sort of something that happens in secret that nobody finds out until after he dies. But in 1974. Um, the Shah visits his uh, doctor in France, and he learns that he's suffering from cancer, and he's told that he has about, like, six years left. Oh, no. Um, and this is, this is like, a very carefully guarded secret, because not even the CIA knew about it. Um, there's a CIA brief given to Jimmy Carter in 1977 that describes the Shah as having robust health. Um, and, and he does, like, die in 1980, so... It it is not like it is pretty accurate for them to tell him that he only has about six years left.
3: Okay.
0: Um, And and soon after this period, um, sort of we get into the swing of the precipitating events of the Iranian Revolution. Um, And and one of the first things is that on uh, March 2nd, 1975, um, the Shah founds this party called uh, the Rastakiz, or Resurrection Party, And it's a sort of monarchist party that is supposed to be the only political party. Um, So every every adult in Iran has to join this political party and they have to pay dues to it. Oh, you have to join the party? Yes, you you, you are legally required to join this political party and then you have to pay dues into the party.
2: Kiss my ass, that's how I feel. Um, And in June of
0: 1975... um, there's there's sort of this anniversary of that uprising, the 15 Cordad uprising I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and students sort of hold a demonstration <laughs> within the confines of, of a building of their school, and a sympathetic crowd sort of assembles outside. Um, the gathering goes on for about three days, but eventually they're attacked by the military, resulting in some casualties. Um, Again? So Khomeini reacts with the message, and he declares that the events that happen in KwaM and, and similar disturbances happening elsewhere are a sign that freedom and liberation from the bonds of imperialism are at hand. Um, see, it's like you'll notice that um, Khomeini sort of um, puts his sort of opposition to the Shah as sort of anti-imperialism, and he's just very careful about saying the good things like loud and the bad things like not saying them at all. In, in 1976, um, this is also one of, like, the bullshit things that the Shah would do. Um, he changes Iran from the Islamic calendar to an imperial calendar, um, which is marked by the conquest of Babylon by Cyrus the Great um, as the first day, um, instead of the migration of Muhammad from Mecca to Medina.
1: Well, I mean, I don't see a problem. Mm. That's the calendar I follow, and, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> And hey, you guys! It's three seventy-eight.
0: the The reason why he did this was because, um, chose that specific date was because the twenty-five hundred years from that date that he ascribes to the conquest of Babylon would be the anniversary of when he assumed power in nineteen
1: forty-one. I get it.
0: So overnight. Iran goes from having being the year 1355 to the year 2535. Let me ask you a question.
1: I feel like we singularize these people a little bit, like there's a group of people helping him make these decisions, right?
0: There are I would imagine so. Yeah. There are, but a lot of them are sort of like yes men, like Well, sure. I, but... I don't I don't Yeah, there there are multiple people doing this, but he's also like a dictator. Like, so he, there's he, no
1: like warm tongue. That's that's like you should change
0: the calendar. No, this is like this is like the the Shaw does some rails and then decides like I've got it. We're gonna change the calendar. <laughs>
1: Blasts a few <laughs> snow rails and just freaking says that's it. Like, we're changing the fucking calendar.
0: Like Ooh. I said, this is just like that scene in Scarface where like we're like push it to the limit comes on and he's like he he's says, like taking all the money to the, money to the bank
1: and he just pulls out a calendar instead of a
0: gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like showing off his showing off his Walking, tiger we'll do it my way. um and and in the late 70s there begins to be an increasing problem in iran very much like the rest of the world in that the uh, the oil boom has sort of happened and it increases inflation and waste in iran that causes an accelerating gap between the rich and the poor um city and country and then also it, it sort of impacts a lot of these um these unpopular skilled foreign workers who are, who are usually paid foreign money and and they just sort of represent an elite class within Iranian society. Um, So while the average citizen is dealing with, you know, inflation and and just sort of the economy and all that um, you have these foreigners who are benefiting not only um, from the oil industry, but they're also benefiting it in a way that's so much greater than the average citizen. Fucking foreigners. Um, and they're also angered by the fact that the Shah's family um, are benefiting the most from the income generated by oil, and that there's no really like line between what state earnings and what the earnings of the Shah's family is. Fucking Shah. Um, really? So in, by 1976, the Shah had accumulated um, upward of one billion dollars from oil money. His his family, which included 63 princesses, princes and princesses, had accumulated between five and 20 billion dollars, and the family foundation controlled approximately three billion dollars. Um, the Shah in the 50s had created this sort of like, Palavy like family, um, sort of associate foundation association, and it was supposed to do like sort of like charity work. But like a lot of these things for rich people, it was just sort of a way to like launder money. Wow.
2: Okay, that makes that makes sense though.
0: It does Um, not make sense.
1: (laughs) I didn't say. (laughs) say. (laughs) say It was good
0: or
2: agreeable or anything
0: else. It makes sense. So in order to fight inflation, the government (laughs) institutes economic austerity, and it disproportionately affects like thousands of poor and unskilled. Um, mostly migrant laborers that go to cities working on construction. Right. Um, And a a lot of these people that are sort of like coming from rural areas and going into the cities and all these other areas to work, um, they're culturally and religiously conservative. Um, So many of them come to form sort of the core of the the coming revolution and and sort of to benefit the Ayatollah. Like for instance, um, Soleimani, Um, the recently deceased uh, Cuds Force General, he, during this period, is one of these, like, construction laborers. Like, during the time of the Revolution, they they talk about his backstory. He's not really, like, politically motivated. He's just sort of one of these migrant laborers who spends a lot of his time in, like, the gym when he's not working. (laughs) Dylan! On June 18th, 1977... Um, a, a popular and influential uh, modernist Islamic theorist named Ali uh, Shariati um, dies under mysterious circumstance. Um, this angers a lot of his followers um, because they believe that he's been killed by Savak, that, he, that, that they just sort of suspect that him dying suddenly is the work of you know the secret police. And it also benefits Khomeini because um, Shariati was a, a sort of like a liberal... Uh, voice. That, that he's sort of like a more modernist um, sort of take on Islam, and, and he would have most likely been a rival to Khomeini in the coming revolution. fucking libs. <laughs> on, on October 23rd, 1977, Mustafa Khomeini, who's the son of Ayatollah Khomeini, he dies. I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mustafa. Uh, I, think Musa- <laughs> I think
1: he said Mufasa Khomeini. He did.
2: Did you say Mufasa Khomeini, bro? Play back the tape.
1: <laughs> Play it
2: back. I just heard the four people that are listening to this rewind it.
0: <laughs> Go back. Go back. Did he say it? <laughs> Mufasa No, you might I'm,
2: just, I'm, I'm, I'm on like my fourth or fifth beer, so I might... He
1: didn't be- say it. I was, I was just being a bastard again. I think that would be hilarious, though. He's just being a shitster. Let me ask you a
0: question. Where was I during all this... <laughs> Kermit Roosevelt. He That's went to my the, name. His, I believe he was in the Great Rainbow Connection in the Sky at this point. Oh shit. Um, so Khomeini's son dies in Savak custody, and Khomeini describes his son's death as a martyrdom, and this sort of fuels like a growing discontent with the Shah. Um in the and on January seventh of nineteen seventy eight, um, in, in a in a national newspaper, which still exists today, the Atalat newspaper, um, an op-ed is posted saying, Iran and red and black colonization, and it refers, it's written under a pseudonym by a government agent, and it denounces Khomeini as a British agent and a mad Indian poet conspiring to sell out <laughs> Iran to neo-colonists and communists, Abdul and, they also, and they also claim that Khomeini is a, is a possibly a homosexual.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh,
2: that's...
0: masculinity strikes again. Who cares if he's gay? Who gives a fuck? And protests begin to break out all over Iran. um, And this is urged on by Khomeini. And and during this period, a unified opposition begins to emerge on the streets of Iran. So Khomeini is sort of, like, becoming very popular as sort of a revolutionary figure um, because it sort of goes into this sort of Shia, like, theological view, whereas, you know, that... Because uh, Khomeini is sort of at odds with sort of the the king, the Shah of Iran. It's very similar to former Shia leaders being at odds with uh, the caliph. Um, So they sort of have that historical narrative of of being like the underdog fighting against power. Uh, The fact that Khomeini is, is sort of abroad, that he's in exile, it's almost like, you know, he's been occultated because he's still sending back his writings and his directives to people in Iran. So it's almost very similar to, to sort of that state that the, that the final caliph is in. <laughs> so he's, he's sort of using this imagery of himself as sort of like a holy figure to sort of boost up his popularity within sort of these Islamist people, these Islamist Shia in Iran. And he's also using his sort of anti-Shah, anti-imperialist sentiments to sort of make himself very favorable to other opposition groups all of this comes to a head on august 19th 1978 um in abaddon there's this theater called the cinema rex and what happens is is that um these people who are in this movie theater seeing this iranian movie called the deer which was actually like a very like sort of um controversial film at the time due to a lot of what it um a lot of what it talked about it's a lot about like Sort of like Midnight Cowboy level, like commentary on society. It's, it talks a lot about like drug use and being hey, and, I'm walking here and like premarital called, sex. Yeah, it's called the Deer. Was John Lithgow in it? <laughs> a, a small cameo. He's Western Imperialist Number Five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but in this theater, watching this movie. Um, what what happens is, is that a group of four men sort of douse the building in airplane fuel and sort of block off the exits and sort of trap the people inside and set the building on fire. Um, <laughs> they douse it in the airplane fuel and then they take it off and fly it around for a while. <laughs> and the, the resulting fire kills about 420 civilians, at least. Oh, oh cool. I'm sorry I um, joked about and, it and this attack is seen as being one of like the things that sets off the Iranian revolution, because a lot of people sort of paint this as like a booth by Savak to kill, um, sort of anti, uh, regime figures. But most likely it was probably supporters of the Ayatollah that did it, um, or, or other people and sort of like, that are like far, um, sort of like Islamists, um, due to the content of the movie. Um, so not so much that because, you know, that um they wanted to kill people to incite this it was that they believed you know that the movie was improper so radical islam essentially yeah and then um but no one no one really knows what happened but this until september 11th was the largest terrorist attack in history oh wow on on september 4th 1978 um the end of ramadan eid um, There's supposed to be a holiday celebrating it, and a permit was given for an open-air prayer um, in which 200,000 and 500,000 people would attend. Um, but what happens instead is that the clergy directs the crowd um, to to sort of go on this large march through the center of Tehran, mm-hmm. and and the Shah sort of observes all this, and he doesn't. He's like unnerved and confused by what's going on. And a few days later, an even larger protest takes place. And, and these protesters openly call for Khomeini's return to Iran and the establishment of an Islamic Republic. Um, these, these protests go on, and eventually, on September 8th, 1978, um, the Shah declares martial law, and the military begins you know, opening fire on the crowds to disperse them. Um, Jesus Christ. And this, this is, is
2: isn't that how they decide to deal with crowds, unarmed people. They just open fucking
0: fire on them. Every and time? this is called the the Jilla Square massacre or, or black the Black Friday massacre, and they kill about sixty four people initially firing into the mob. And the the regime people claim, you know, they were being fired on by by snipers, and that thirty soldiers were killed by snipers. But but that can't be really corroborated. Um, by the end of the sort of this like <clears throat> massacre um after sort of like further clashes go on 89 people will die um after this um iran sort of overtaken by general strikes and demonstrations against the shah like every industry in iran goes on strike against the shah and this is 79 yeah um this is 78 78 on uh, october 3rd through 6th um (laughs) Khomeini leaves Iraq uh, for Kuwait and essentially what Iran does is Iran sort of tells uh, Iraq to like kick Khomeini out because they believe you know that if he's farther away from Iran he won't be able to sort of influence events there mm-hmm. and, and he, he leaves Iraq because the Iraqis tell him that they need to tone down his uh, anti-compromise rhetoric um, that he's supposed to you know be making compromises with the Shah and ending the protests yeah. Um, he leaves for Kuwait, he's not allowed to enter Kuwait and he instead goes to Paris. Um, and while he <laughs> Well, Paris, I might as well go to Paris.
2: No, God, I mean I haven't seen the Eiffel Tower yet. Cuz
0: France you know? is sort of like the place you go if you're like because France a lot of times like if you're a foreign head of state during this time period and you like have to flee your country like France is usually a good place to go because they'll just give people asylum and then protect them from Interpol.
1: We don't like Interpol here.
0: Just, just sort of like I guess to be diplomatic. I'm not really sure what the what the logic is, but like a lot of times, like a lot of like African dictators or, or sort of these Middle Eastern dictators when they flee their countries or they go other places, um, they they usually end up in France. Um, but while Khomeini is in Paris. Dirty, fringy sympathizers. Um, the, like the bbc and the western press um they give they give khomeini the spotlight and they sort of represent him as sort of like almost like a gandhi like figure that he's just sort of this eastern mystic that wants to see the shah removed from power and just sort of like a return to good governance in iran and in and the, the sort of khomeini like mania goes on in in, in on November twenty.
1: Oh, mania
0: Couldn't yeah. you just have said Comania? Comania. this Comania. Yeah. colmania running wild. Colmania is <laughs> gonna
1: run wild on you, brother. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And, Sunday and ironically,
0: that Tehran the Montyplex. Iron the Iron Sheik would be just it would be just as opposed to Comania as he was to Hulkamania. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> oh,
1: there's the intro the the to the episode crazy. right
0: there. We need, we need a t shirt that says, like, that's like the old, like, Hulkamania, like, yellow t shirt, but it says Comania. Oh, my God. Oh,
1: write that down. But doesn't that mean away. we're,
0: like, supporting it? <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is, Steve, we need to bring back some good jurisprudence to society, you know, is you know, under Islam, you know, people will know what to do and act properly. I'm just saying. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> um, Here we go. But um, on, on November 27th there's sort of like this mass hysteria that takes over Iran dogs that, and cats living that together people are, that people are told that, that, that Khomeini's face will appear on the moon and that this sort of rumor sweeps across the, the country and like millions of people begin to celebrate you know weeping and jumping after they believe they see uh, Khomeini's face on the moon
2: I feel like it's just R.E.M. just that man of the moon song
0: exactly it's exactly the same thing but even but even like the (laughs) party like embrace the story like like they're they're sort of doing their best to like ride this like the 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 two da party is just sort of like one of those like like losers who thinks they're cool and like just tries to co-opt anything to turn into a positive for them (laughs) where they just like they're just like oh yeah man it's so cool you know what's also cool Marx, hey, where are you going? <laughs> so as as things are sort of like spiraling out of control, um, the Shah appoints on December 28th, 1978, he, he appoints Shapur uh, Bakhtiar as prime minister. Um, so he's sort of returning the country to civilian rule because during this time, he had sort of suspended everything to rule through the military. And uh, Bakhtiar, Bakhtiar was a member of the National Front and he had sort of been a contemporary and a survivor alongside Mossadegh. And he he sort of like rises to the occasion because he was seen as being someone associated with the previous revolution. And the Shah is able to sort of like get him on board. Um, And the reason why he does this is because uh, Bakhtiar is very like he's very like He knows what Khomeini wants. Like he knows what Khomeini's intentions are. He's just very knowledgeable of what Khomeini wants, what his end goal is. Like, like he he's read Khomeini's book. He knows what Khomeini wants. Um, so the the Shah is going to give give Bakhtiar like control of the government, and the Shah is going to go on a quote unquote vacation. (laughs) Um, and and immediately after Bakhtiar is is sort of declared prime minister. Um, he's expelled from the National Front by its leader, uh, Karim Sanjabi, and, and Bakhtiar is also denounced by Khomeini, um, who declared that he, he was in obedience to false gods by working under the Shah. On January 16th, um, Bakhtiar, um, like, sort of officially takes up being, um, this is January 16th, 1979, Bakhtiar officially is appointed prime minister, like, he sort of, like, steps into the role and the and on the same day the shah and his family I'll do it left iran in exile to to egypt and that seems like a uh
1: like a good place to stop right there
0: on february 1st well um I, i'm just sort of wrapping up to sort of tell you what happens soon after um, on february 1st 1979 uh khomeini returns to iran from exile um, and, and according to what the BBC says, there were about five million people line up the streets, line up in the streets in Tehran um, to witness his homecoming. You can see videos of it on YouTube of like his like Range Rover driving down the street while people it's... are like mobbing it. <laughs> um, soon after this happens, though, um, the the Shah attempts to find refuge in the Bahamas, um, but he's later forced to leave. And he, again, tries to go seek medical treatment for his condition in Mexico, Um, but uh, multiple people recommend him to seek treatment in the United States. But he's very leery about doing it because he feels that the United States was instrumental in his sort of fall from power because they had sort of, like, pushed him to, to sort of step down. And they had also initially supported the Ayatollah, like, sort of coming back to Iran, and they believed he would just be a figurehead. Well, it was jimmy carter not uh jimmy carter i can do oh, it with jimmy the, carter the ayatollah he's he's now a, hank he's a, he's a gandhi like figure <laughs> he's <laughs> like a gandhi um so after after some after he sort of refuses to go the the shah agrees to travel to the united states for treatment um which there's a lot of protests against that both from americans and iranians um he, he sort of goes, but his, like, doctors aren't very good, and they botched the operation he was having.
3: Jesus. And then he,
0: he leaves America for Panama um, to sort of get the, the surgery done there. Um, so while he's in Panama, um, one of the, the chief advisors of Khomeini sort of meets with um, Jimmy Carter's chief of staff, uh, Hamilton Jordan, and sort of asks – for the CIA to assassinate the Shah while he's in Panama, but they refuse. Um, and sort of fearing for his life, um, the Shah uh, left uh, Panama um, and sort of doesn't get the surgery done and, and sort of goes to Egypt in, in sort of a worsening condition. And um, in, in, in sort of in Egypt, in a hospital bed, um, he, he sort of um, ends his life um he was asked to describe his feelings for iran and its people and define the country um he said that um he he said repeatedly that iran is iran and um he he said that described this being that it's it's land people and history and that um every iranian has to love it and then he just apparently continued to to go on to repeat iran is iran over and over and then Um, he died shortly after yes he slips into a coma and he dies on July twenty seventh, nineteen eighty, While he kept
1: saying, "Iran is Iran." Yeah. That is fucking creepy.
0: Uh, Rip. He. he <laughs> F. And he dies F. when he dies as well. He has he keeps a bag of Iranian soil um, with him um, for his uh, so that he wouldn't be away from Iran. Wow. That's that's kind of interesting. But it's one of those things, you know, like I said, you know, he had his, like, crazy helicopter mom. Right. Where, like, she told him, you know, that you're, like, chosen by God, and then he Why isn't my Shaw man, why isn't he
1: up on the the stage? (laughs) He should be stage,
0: mother. Why doesn't he have the biggest trophy? He's the Shaw of Shaws. Look, I realize he (laughs) came in
1: fourth place, but he should be in first place.
0: I feel it's important that we sort of take into account, you know, that Iran had been around much longer than a lot of other countries, and that should really factor into to how we judge him.
2: Yeah. That, and also, he's got a message on the moon, so...
1: Yeah, he's on the moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he,
2: he legitimately sent one of the... He was one of the people that sent, like, one of the messages to leave on the moon.
0: Yeah, well, he sent his message to the moon. Our boy Khomeini, he was on the moon. That was his base on it. He was the man on the moon. He was he was the man on the moon, starring Jim Carrey.
1: Steve, I want a full update. The next episode we do on uh, the status and whereabouts of uh, of icy. (laughs) <laughs> I icy, 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 Ramadan. Icy, icy Ramadan. Yeah. And
2: what, what was his uh, what was his friend's name? Big Shamik.
1: Big Shamik. No, I can't think. I can't think of his name. Icy
0: Ramadan and Big Shameek. It was
1: like Shia LaBeouf or something. I don't it know. was
0: it was brainless something.
1: Brainless, uh, Sh- Shabuff Brainless Shabaz. Brainless Shabaz, Yeah, brother Shabaz. Brainless brother Shabazz and icy Shamik. I mean icy Ramadan.
0: Brainless. Yeah, it was brainless Shabazz. Every time someone says every
1: time someone begins a name with Sha, I think of that fucking vine where the dude's like, "Um, shithead." And then the guy the kid like tends to be <laughs> a student, and he goes, "It's Chatheed."
0: <laughs> oh my god. Brainless Brainless Saban. Oh of, of the of the Saban family.
1: <laughs> I'm Saban's cousin.
0: Yeah. I'm Saban's. Uh, you know, the
1: original weapon. idea from Power Rangers came from Iranian Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, we make one ranger of every color of rainbow.
0: Oh my so god. So the the Shah uh, eventually like he keep like his family is still very rich. Like he no still kidding. keeps a lot of the money that they stole from like the Iranian people, but he he sort of dies like a pretty sad death. Um Khomeini goes on to be the leader of Iran until his death in 1989. In um, the Islamic Revolution, um, succeeding, um, the Islamic state of Iran still exists to this day under the same system that was established after the revolution. Yeah, interesting. Um, you, it, it's pretty interesting what happens. like it, it could be a whole episode because the Iranian revolution is a lot like the Russian Revolution to give like a TLDR in that what happens is, is that a broad coalition of forces sort of overthrow the, the despotic monarch of the country. And then eventually they're betrayed by one of the parties involved, which in this case is sort of the Ayatollah's um, people, um, that, that sort of society he had created about, you know, of religious scholars. They sort of betray the other revolutionaries, and most of them end up going to prison or being executed or exiled. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And a lot of this happens too, mostly because of what the Shah and the CIA had done by sort of destroying any leftist sort of political movements that had developed in Iran, uh, mostly out of fear that this would lead it to the Soviet Union sort of moving into Iran. Interesting. So we do have. Uh, do we have more to cover,
1: or are we have we, no, like, that's, reached as far as we're going to go with it? That's pretty it. Much, oh, okay.
0: That's cool. That's it. Nice. Like I said, I got it in. There's there's a lot of stuff there. Like there's a lot of little stuff that happens, and like all these different protests but just sort of the broad strokes is like a lot of strikes and protests go on and the Shahs essentially forced from the country right for Shah for Shah <laughs> for Shah for
1: Shah. <laughs> oh my god, god. alright well uh that, that was a great Where's episode shopping? uh long story short I ran place the land of contrasts land of many <laughs> contrasts and uh I'm out later oh Leader.